Hello, what? One second. No, no. My headset. Well, what happened? It, it literally just it's just bugged out. And it's meant that we were just talking about it. Or you like, yeah, it works. And then as soon as you come into the podcast, it decides to be faulty, right? Yep. All the time. All the time. All the time. I'm just waiting for Daniel Sanson now to come in, joining us in this lovely podcast. How you doing, Daniel? Having good That's it. Everyone okay? Yeah. Yeah. You guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So everybody, welcome back to another Teddy Hoggle podcast. These are coming fast. I'd like to thank everybody for the views and everybody that share my podcast alike. Um, Dan, how you going? How's it going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, uh, I've I've had some good news regarding uh, more work opportunities and stuff today. So I'm kind of like I'm on that little bit of a like trepidatious high, just trying to chill for the evening now. Though, like, just come down. It's good That's to good. <laughs> good to yeah. It's not nice to to have some success there, but really like. It, this stuff's just the best you know like just yeah. chat with you mates about like what you remember, enjoy remember remember the conversation we had today remember remember the conversation we had like was it three days ago remember that like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean and Unlucky Retro how are you I'm good bro yeah just tired just finished five days straight um, just nice to have relax just well, some, you know. some well deserved rest right? yeah my friend yeah, 14 hours a day is hard work with you on that <laughs> <laughs> So today I have brought you two, especially on to the topics that I'm going to discuss with you today. I hope it's not going to bore anybody, but I had to, I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts lately and I really haven't done a podcast with you two, especially on the reasons that you loved anime and the reasons why you got into it in the first place and what brought you to love the genre of animation and where you first watched it from. So for me, for instance, as you guys know, we all live in London. Um, Dan, you used to live in Birmingham, right? Didn't you in the beginning? Yeah, I I grew up. Um, I grew up just outside of Birmingham in the Midlands. Uh, I moved to London after I went to uni. So I've been okay. here, yeah, since like 2013. Okay, then. so did you have, I know it's going to sound a stupid question. Did you used to have BBC Two up there? Where do you think we were? Fucking Mars. Of course you have BBC Two. No, no, no. But I didn't know if it was like BBC Two Midlands or something. Because you know they have like different BBC. Like Midlands Today and stuff. Yeah, we had local news and shit. But like, I do have BBC Two. I'm just just part of the question. So the reason reason why I'm going into that I'm saying as I'm bringing it up now is because I don't know if you used to know it. I'm I'm lucky, Rich. I know me and you have spoken about it before, so I'm going to start with you first mm-hmm. um do you remember sometimes late nights when you used to like be flicking through the channels when you weren't meant to be awake and flicking on bbc2 and seeing things like um vampire hunter d and ghost in the shell and then you'll sometimes mm-hmm. you'll go on to channel four and they would have like a whole anime section and you didn't even realize that they were showing animes of I the night see my original exposure to it was i didn't actually get that from like the l- l- super late night like random BBC stuff or anything. I didn't actually get my first exposure to anime until, like, um, I was, yeah, I think it was like primary school age, but um, we had a childminder, right? Because, like, my mom and my dad had split up. My dad was, you know, looking after, you know, me and my sister. So, and they had Sky, right? And they had, like, Cartoon Network, which had, um, you know, OG, Dragon Ball Z, and everything like Saiyan Saga stuff. Of course. Um, so my introduction to anime was through like Cartoon Network and Toonami, like the very early days of that. That was later on, but uh, yeah. And then from that, it was like, okay, you know, as I get older, internet is a thing, LimeWire is a thing. <laughs> I'm mm. broke, mm. so it's just like. 
you end up just like shamelessly like downloading all of this shit because you can't find it and they haven't got it on like dvds yet and what they do have at like hmv is like it's still insanely expensive back then because it's imported you know yeah 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 like, that's cool before they started worldwide distribution yeah. so like i just like up until i was in my 20s and it started to be more published worldwide by you know corporations like manga and stuff like that um and i didn't actually start buying anime but i got into it like very young just through like happenstance you know okay that's fine um, that's fine so i love you retro um, i know you're i know you i know you know about the bbc2 thing please and yeah, well, so, the people about the bbc2 antics of the night time well to be honest yeah i've um I started watching it when I was about eight or nine, and yeah, my first yeah kind of introduction to anime was literally like you're saying BBC Two and uh, Channel Four. It was a uh, for me personally, it was a, a random day. I remember the weekend or something, and I had woken up about what twelve-ish or so, and just you know, as a kid, flicking through the channels at that time of night is like you know forbidden, and then you feel like yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find something. So yeah, I literally was flicking through, and actually for me, Channel Four was actually showing Vampire Hunter D. Yep. And nice. um, yeah, when I watched it, I was a bit scared at first, obviously being so young. But I don't know, it was because I was so used to at that point, like Transformers and and just like you know, like American cartoons or so. Um, Western animation. Yeah, exactly. It was amazing to see this and then i thought right well i'll check the tv guides you know you remember tv guides everyone um yeah. there was no such thing as uh yeah sky opportunities but you um see next week and you could see at one o'clock in the morning um uh, for me it was a thing called devil man and i thought oh okay oh. I'll, I'll, I'll watch devil man That's, that sounds if i could handle vampire the D, what's the worst that could happen <laughs> and literally i <laughs> I remember staying up looking forward to watch it and I, I eventually watched it and had, I would, I'm no lie, a nightmares for at least three, four months, four weeks, easily. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's oh, absolutely no. terrifying. Um, so when you first point, watched it, when you mm, first watched it, sorry to cut you, did no. you did you believe that it was an Americanized cartoon or did you watch it dubbed or subbed? Um, it was dubbed um, back okay, then. Okay, so did you think it was American then? Because that's what we had grown up with, right? You probably thought it was American. You didn't know it was Japanese at the time. Uh, to be honest, I, to be yeah, I didn't really know, obviously culture-wise and country-wise, but I kind of recognised that it was not American in art style-wise. Yeah. Um, one of my original presents when I was a little young, young, young kid, I think about six or seven, was actually. Um, Princess uh, Nanusa from Studio Ghibli, but oh. the, the VHS, which I still own now, is called Warriors of the Wind. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. It's, it was called Warriors of the Wind, and I never knew it was obviously Studio Ghibli at that time or Japanese, but I remember watching that a lot beforehand, <clears throat> and then obviously realizing when I watched Devil Man, I knew it was kind of you know, in the same category. So that's when I kind of looked on the back of the, the uh, VHS case and saw that it was done by Japanese people. Obviously, mm. I'm, I'm speaking as if like, oh, I, I knew what Japanese people were at nine, but you know, it was, I knew it was from a different culture, basically. Yeah. It's understandable. It's, it's understandable. <clears throat> so Dan, with the influence of what you watched through Toonami was, like okay when you said Toonami because I remember Toonami as a kid what yeah. other animes used to come on it did you did you get confused by the two like let's, let's uh, be honest, like, I think the, Pokemon, the Play Bays, and stuff like that like I think the two biggest ones for me and this was when it was just Cartoon Network it wasn't they didn't have Toonami yet because they yeah. started that as a separate channel a few years later yeah. the two big ones for me at the start were like the original arc uh, of, of like Dragon Ball Z through like the Saiyan Saga and the Namek Saga and stuff like that into Cell and Boo. Uh, their whole run of that that they aired and it was also the time when they just got um, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing. Um, the first like, it was the first Western network to transmit it outside of Japan. They just got the rights for it. So I remember watching that for the first time and I was like, 
really I lucked out with Gundam there because like the the OG Gundam is great, but then there's this kind of like gap, and then late '90s Gundam is great, and then there's this sort of other gap where it's cut, there's a lot of underwhelming shit. But like I got really lucky, and those two combined were like the the first two big ones I started watching. But yeah, that like. Cartoon Network and later on Toonami when they like spread out and had a dedicated channel just for basically like anime and new animes and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the first um, place I right. actually saw One Piece was on yeah, Toonami. Like, like, yeah, like it was probably the same for me. I caught like episodes of One Piece and like various different shows that aired on there over the years, you know, like like the like Naruto Shippuden and stuff like that and there was probably like bits and pieces of pretty much every shonen that they showed on there. I did see at some point, but there were very few shows that were kind of like must watches for me on it. Like, and also, uh, th I mean, that's that's why. Like, you can only for me, I'm the kind of person where where if I watch anime that's like long form, you know, it has multiple seasons and is like an investment to get into, like. I kind of have to do it one at a time and at that time in the 90s you know there was dragon ball there was naruto there was bleach there was a, a, a lot of amazing series coming out within several years of each other that were these big long epic sagas and i'm like even when i was younger i was like well you know i can even try and play catch up on all of them i feel like i'm missing out on details or just watch one at a time beginning to end <laughs> uh, so i kind of chose dragon ball as my main one yeah. and then watch the some others on the side yeah and that it, is it, it, the long very, story short of how yeah. i didn't watch bleach it, 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 and it, 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 yeah <laughs> i think it's very understandable because i think we all came into anime on on, on a different scale so mm, yeah unlucky retro when you're I can tell when you watched it, you were more old school. So tell me some of the, tell me some of the the reasons or the art styles on why you picked certain anime from certain like because I know because you stayed away from mainstream animes. You didn't really yeah, watch I, any mainstream animes. For me, it was a bit different. Um, I I didn't watch it through actual uh, television. Um, I was lucky enough at thirteen and fourteen to meet a group of friends who were. Uh, just into anime as much as I did. And mm. they, the, the, well, the main guy, Taron, his name was, he had like the best internet at that moment. And we used to go around his house every weekend because we all used to enter the same school. And over the weekend, that is literally the time we would watch like what he could download. And that, like, that's where I was, you know, introduced into the more, um, not, I would say, uh, series um, animes or mangas of that time, but longer. I was used to watching the movies, Devilman, Wicked City, Monster City, yeah. and, um, you know, Ghost in the Shell and such. But they introduced me into the kind of early 90s, early 2000s uh, series. Like, uh, there's a series called Noir that um, holds quite a lot of memories. That was something that we uh, kind of avidly watched together. Um, that's also where we saw um, <clears throat> literally the the start of Neo Genesis. Um, that was yeah. a big one for us, yeah. and I remember watching that, <clears throat> waiting for the next episode to be coming around that weekend. And that's kind of how I started in general, just watching it from there. And eventually, I got myself internet, and you know that's when I started, like like uh, Dan said earlier, using LimeWire and. Um, <laughs> LimeWire. Um, I, I forgot there was another one. Um, bear wire, the there was bear wire. There was bear. Oh, bear share. Something. Bear share. We're frost. dating ourselves now, guys. Bear share. Was it? What was it? Frost wire as well, wasn't it? Frost wire. Yes. Uh, there was Kazar as well. Kazar. Oh, Kazar yeah. like was and, like pre LimeWire. Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And for so me, I got a question. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 I got a question for you guys. Then, so did you any of you? I know these were like kind of like the Western knockoffs. I don't know if I, I call them the Western knockoffs because did you ever get into those things like I'll oh, say like Pokemon, Digimon, um, Blade Blade, or anything like that, or, or even Yu-Gi-Oh. I know they're Japanese, um, but cult cultural wise, the Western world pick pick these anime at, at these animes at the time and made them really big. So, what did you think about them, man? 
Uh, well, from my perspective, like I, I never watched Digimon. I, I was in the the Pokemon camp if I was in a camp for any, but I was very much a casual watcher of it. You know, it was like it was that serialized anime that was always on, and you just like it's. You have to give it credit to why the anime of Pokemon is so successful. It's because it follows it follows like the Scooby Doo formula, right? Where like every episode is almost completely self-contained there's not really these long arcs you have to follow it's just every episode there's this you know little condensed story with interesting characters and a couple of recurring ones in like team rocket who are there for comedy value like who i also think are the two best characters in that animation series yeah, jesse and james jesse and james yeah. i think they're they're extremely well written um and yeah it's just very well produced and successful for a reason because it's yeah it's the scooby-doo formula you know like they they solve the mystery by the end of it and ash does his thing and it's okay what's next you know no 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 problem is, like, problem is, like, he's never done his thing he's yeah, only now the idea, 25 years later <laughs> 25 years later yeah, yeah. 25 years later i think Retire. he's only now like, won the championship like ridiculous yeah, he's like, okay, right, performance-wise, in terms of reaching the end goal, yeah, he's a bit of a scrub still, but, like, <laughs> I mean, it's designed never to end, isn't it? Ash is always going to be that 11-year-old, like, trying to be the best. Well, and they have started... that formula kept people coming back for, like, 20 fucking years, yeah. dude. Well, they have started so... Pokemon Journeys. That is now on Netflix. And they did do a kind of... I wouldn't say, like, an adult version. But they did kind of do an adult version. It's on it's on YouTube. It's called Pokemon Red. And you can watch, like, from Red's point of view. Because if you did play the game, when you first start the game, it wasn't Gary. You were, you were found you were there was a boy in there and it was um, a guy called Red because you were blue and then Red would go off and you would never see him again until the end when he had Mewtwo you'd fight him after Mewtwo so now they've actually got a show about Red catching Mewtwo and basically you can just watch it all on YouTube but it is really good it is, it's very well done um, me and you James we did mm -hmm. speak a lot about the Pokemon lore I remember me and you on a train and we were talking about when you used to play the, the Game Boy and you used to have Surf when you used to turn the Game Boy off, you used to be able, you used to, be able to hear Surf in your head and mm. you used to look to the Game Boy and Just think, I can hear Surf. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So remember that, can you tell people that lore of the um, of the Lavender Tower? Was it Lavender Tower, James? Well, yeah, the, the Lavender Town Syndrome. Um, well, apparently there was a few issues with Pokemon, obviously, at the end of the 90s, I think. Um, uh, one was obviously the... Uh, the epilepsy. There was an episode in Japan that caused epilepsy to a lot of children. Um, yeah. And uh, obviously that's never actually been aired at, at that point. It was taken away from the American audience. Um, obviously you can probably find it now on YouTube and stuff, but yeah, back then that was like the big mysterious episode everyone was trying to watch. Um, but I was never really necessarily into Pokemon, the, the anime itself. I was more yeah. into the game. And like, yeah. the, this is where the story comes from. It was everyone in school like how pokemon go was everyone in school had a game boy and pokemon everyone had pokemon they wanted to trade and you know it was a constant thing you could hear pokemon being played left right and center in the in that break and it got to the point where like you would literally uh, be playing uh, doing surf or um the leveling up sound or even on rare occasion for me the actual like um opening town uh pallet town oh, yeah. yeah like you would literally turn your thing off and leave it in your pocket and while you're traveling home just minding your own business looking outside the bus or something you would hear it in your head you would think yeah i yeah. swear i turned this off <laughs> <laughs> and you would literally like that's, take it out of the pocket and watch and... good audio design and yeah like also and also like it's a, it's also a sign of like just how crazy we get when we're kids and we're really into something. Mm -hmm. It's like exactly. there is no off switch, you know, when you're like, oh man, this thing's just mad cool. You know, I'm just mm -hmm. gonna do it. Like, so did you both? Yeah, so did you both play Pokemon? So did you both play Pokemon? Did you both play the Pokemon the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I played. Like, I only really followed the games up to. Um, I stopped playing after like um, Gold and Silver. Basically. Okay, so. Okay, so with that then, name me your six Pokemon and name me your team because you should be able to remember your team. Oh, God. 
Your Jeez. sixth best team. You should remember to remember that My because you battled with them day and night. Uh, like you, you're talking to someone who's like so disenfranchised and unenthusiastic about Pokemon these days that I've kind of purged most of it from my head. Uh, so I'm going to have to think. Oh, sorry. For me personally, I um, I'm using obviously Pokemon Blue. I, I kind of stopped after Yellow. I didn't yeah. go further than that. So I'm kind of the old school OG 150. So that's fine. That's fine. But, you should yeah, be able yeah. to remember your six, your yeah. six battling Pokemon. Yeah, it was uh, Hitmoly, Hitmochad. Obviously, I traded for one of them because you can't get both yep. in the same game. Yep. Um, yep. Gengar, Machamp, um, yep. Charizard. Obviously, yep. from the three that you get originally. Starting Pokemon, yeah. And it used to be one of the EVs. Uh, um, I use usually Jolteon because I like Lightning. It's one of my favorite. And he's the fastest one. Yeah, he was the fastest Pokemon in the game yeah. at the time. So I had speed, strength, you know, fighting, which was neutral, which was kind of not weak against anything besides flying types. And yes. um, obviously Gengar. And yeah, um, it was kind of like an all around team for any situation. I remember using that one quite vivid and, and winning quite often, like yeah. jewels and stuff. Yeah, because I, I could tell you mine because I, I played it so much when I was a kid. It was um, Nidoran or Nido King. It didn't really matter. Mm. It was Raichu or Jolteon. It was the three starting Pokemon because we used to literally start our game, play to a point, mm. trade to a friend, start it again, pick the other one, and then we used to just trade all the all the yeah. starting Pokemon back. So yeah. then we would have all three starters as the grass, water, and um, fire. And then I would have Gengar, of course. And then Mewtwo was only there as a sub for one of the electric types because he mm. was the most powerful um, Pokemon in the, in the game. But I would mm -hmm. say to you guys that Pokemon's influence has, I would say, changed a lot of people's thoughts when it comes to anime because people can't decide if it's an anime or not. Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I'll definitely say Pokemon is obviously Japanese anime, obviously from Nintendo and just like the game itself. It's, it's definitely outright, but I would say that Pokemon was kind of the start of the push for like anime in general to become more popular. Cultural acceptance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then obviously like Pokemon. Like it was definitely the, the juggernaut that made that yeah, happen. Exactly. Like Dragon Ball and stuff had been around and was mm. popular, but it was still, you know, kind of considered, you know, like just weeby and everything. But yeah. then, like, basically, I would say that, like, Pokemon's popularity democratized uh, Japanese anime, I think, mm. and made it be taken serious on an international level from, like... Yeah business-wise yeah, and exactly. everything. Yeah, exactly. Sales and everything like that. I definitely feel it kind of made it more mainstream, especially, like, obviously me growing up um, and having a group of friends who watched, obviously, older um, anime at that point. It was weird to be seeing a lot of other people um, talking about it because, obviously, it was quite niche at that point in the early 90s and stuff. So it was it was looked at, looked at as if... You know, you were all you were unique. You're watching adult stuff, you know. So it was quite, you know, weird to see people obviously getting into it and keep discussing with us about it and stuff. Because I don't remember, obviously, you, you get to be that anime hipster. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, it was it was cool be way before you got here, mate. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so I don't know if it's for everyone as well, but in in school, everyone used to have those art folders that they used to carry. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. And, and I know exactly everyone, what you're going to say. Go, I want to hear yeah, this. I want to hear this. Like, it's your collection uh, of waifu drawings yeah, when you were sixteen. And you know, all <laughs> across them and stuff. And obviously. Um, I, I used to draw. I mean, I still do, but I'm not as good as I probably yeah. used to be. But um, I used to actually draw my artwork on the actual side of the uh, of the board. Of the, so, yeah, and the board. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a signal for people to be like, "Oh, like you like yeah. this, this, and and I would yeah. kind of became like the I wouldn't say the ambassador in my class, but people came up to me and asked me about this and asked me about that and. Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't have as much knowledge as I possibly probably do have now, but it was nice just to start giving it out to the class. It wasn't like I was dedicated to making the school understand, but 
Gucci friend. It was nice for them. I can, yeah, I can yeah. honestly say to you, I can honestly say to you, I went to art college and mm. the day that they gave us that folder, because I didn't have it in my old school, but mm. the day they gave us that folder, I didn't know until I saw the higher up year. And when I saw this guy had a picture of Goku literally mm. doing the car mirror on it. And I'm like, who drew that? And he's like, I did. Yeah. The next day, I remembered people coming in class. We would finish school, like, mm. sorry, college, and then be in the class. The teacher would leave us and we would all take out, you know, because it was like a board, didn't it? Like, remember, because the board used to fit into the case. And mm-hmm. we would all be sitting there thinking about what we were going to draw on this board, <laughs> what was going to represent us. And I remembered I had drew a massive Suyukun on my on my artboard i remember like you said walking down the street and people mm. stopping you like that's like that's suku from pokemon yeah, yeah of course it, who drew that oh i did you know what i mean yeah. it was it was big back in the day yeah. and that's what yeah. i love the yeah. influence <laughs> the influence so as i'm getting into that the influence of anime what do you think the influence has brought into the world like into the natural world of people like how how do you think anime has helped um helped uh i would say it has it's contributed he, like help help is questionable when you're like asking about like about it's anything. helped marvel it's a like, lot that's what i'm saying it's yeah, helped marvel i mean it's definitely like i i think in terms of the culture um i think it's just it's really cool that we get to celebrate stuff from like all around the world and like now with like you know the internet and the shit we didn't have like really it wasn't developed when we were growing up like mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of like stuff getting produced and more like high quality stuff being available to people all over the world now i mm. think it's great like in terms of like where we've come uh, and anime's like influence and yeah you know you you see we've seen it for so long in um game design and people are really starting to like appreciate that and, and see its influence on anime now that it's like a major cultural thing in the west as well um which is cool so yeah it's like i'm i'm really just in general like i'm a, a big i would say i'm not an ambassador for it but i'm like a supporter of like what anime has brought to culture in terms of like its diversity yeah you know like you do notice the um in terms of the content um how geared some of it is towards japanese audiences and japanese senses of humor you know like there are still a lot of off-color jokes and in many cases characters that aren't really accurately represented in terms of like um you know like modern diversity in the western world oh yeah i'm watching yeah i'm watching i'm watching i'm I'm watching yeah i'm watching promise neverland at the moment and they just got this big black woman that we did the biggest fattest lips i've ever seen in my life and i'm like they just don't think i said they still think black people still look like this this is ridiculous like the woman had the woman hasn't combed her hair or anything and she's playing like she's playing like this little voodoo doll thing i was like oh for Mm. fuck's sake Show's yeah. good, but yeah, but it's brilliant. But yeah, I know, I know like, exactly you, you know, it's the cultural difference of the writing for sure. But mm. I think there are a lot of anime studios now, much more than back in the day, who've kind of like actually started using the idea of having cultural differences and reinforced stereotypes in there as a way to like develop like interesting characters so like you you know you look at a character's like design and you think de facto oh you know like they're just here for comic relief but no you know they're putting these characters front and center you know with like yasuke on netflix and everything you know black main character that's not you know a caricature or when they're using a caricature of a character like you know a stereotype then they start taking the character in like more of a different direction that actually surprises you, you know, yeah. in terms of like how intelligent they are and stuff. Uh, and yeah, I think I think there's progress being made. And even with like LGBT stuff, like if you guys have watched Yuri on Ice, like the, in, in terms of like how that's a that's a very Japanese anime story told about basically a you know. The gay culture in you know men's 
ice skating and everything. <laughs> figure skating. Is that what they're trying to do? So there's, oh, so there's loads of gay ice skaters. But it's it's like it, it's just a but it's just a really well t- told like articulate story that treats the subject matter like in a way I think that everyone can relate to, and it's good that Japanese animation studios are like telling stories like that now. Um, I think that their exposure to you know um, more of like Western animation has kind of like had a, a difference in terms of like. The way they want to tell stories now, I think, as well, um, has changed because of it. I just think there's been a lot of cross-pollination of talent, you know. So I think everyone's benefited overall. And certainly Western animation has got so much better because of it. Like, yeah, we're definitely like, going to dive you know, into we that. We have to compete against this. Okay. Like, yeah, we're definitely yeah, going yeah, to dive you into that. You wouldn't have Pixar without, you know, like Studio Ghibli and, and that's yeah, but that, yeah, but that's yeah, but that's the influence I was trying to say because I was going to mention to you guys. I was going to ask a question to Anaka Retro. What do you think the influence has been? Because when I see um, animation and I see, I'm not going to say that they weren't doing well before, but it comes from everyone. Every every animation studio has gone bankrupt at a time, but Marvel hit really bad in 1996, and then companies had to then go and buy out Marvel and. I think that Japanese animation had a big influence over Marvel and westernized cartoons because at that time, Pokemon had come out, like you said, there was Bleach and all this stuff, and they kind of copied the same, like Disney, they kind of copied the same, what's it called? What's it called? Like, yeah, they kind of copy each other. So I was going to say to you, James, is Studio Ghibli and Pixar and Walt mm-hmm. Disney. Can you see the similarities of what they do, where they where they back off each other? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I'd say yes and no at the same time. Obviously, um, Warner Brothers and um, obviously the American side of art in general. I think they have their own unique style. I think yes, there are some form of similarities. Obviously, in um, I don't know. Um, design in the concepts of action and stuff like that possibly but you have to remember the actual characters came out a lot a lot um, earlier like you know flash batman i'm just using those for an example and they've always kind of had their own art style and their own kind of artwork um Mm. yes uh um japanese is obviously done artwork and done actual like things for them like i remember marvel they done marvel black widow and the punisher i believe which was done by uh project ig which was really nice that was quite cool yeah, yeah, um, yeah that was punisher confidential that no not yeah, iron man did it as well they did, they did nova and stuff like yeah they did that as well they done wolverine as well yeah wolverine and x-men yes but i to be honest i actually think it's the gaming industry that um made the american kind of audience see more than just art itself like um sorry uh, like cartoons itself especially like with the popular popularity of like x-men in capcom x-men versus street fighter and oh, yeah yes, um, yes stuff like that i think that had a big influence on especially in the 90s and stuff obviously it opened up a bigger audience from japan as well as you know the broader scope of things of just gamers in general yeah I definitely think that the, but then you could always tell that the difference between the two arts, the American and the oh, Japanese. Yeah. But there are times where you do watch American uh, cartoons and stuff, and you do say, "Oh, this looks very anime." Like obviously Avatar, Airbender. That's obviously yeah. American, but that's drawn in a very kind of yes, that's very convincing going towards uh, uh, and stuff like uh, even more recent stuff um like uh god what is it uh Vultra, is there's a lot of homages to like the uh the japanese the animation style and the pacing and stuff mm-hmm. um but it's obviously a fully western production house and everything mm-hmm. uh, and one more thing that i i wanted to mention in terms of like the influence on like you mentioned through like games and everything in terms of bringing anime and that kind of that art to popular culture and stuff like that um there's a fantastic shot i i talked about this in the last podcast i did 
with with Dom here. Um, there's a fantastic shot in Akira, which everyone knows, which is on so many posters mm-hmm. for every single reason. It's the shot of uh, Kaneda like power Sorry. sliding his bike mm-hmm. into into view from like yeah. the foreground to the background, mm-hmm. and that has that shot has been imitated in so many Western films. Like you can't like there's a, actually there's a list I saw online of like how many shows and stuff have like ripped off that shot and that mm. framing like perfectly just because it's it's so good and it's like if anyone doubts that, that there's no like that artistically and the way they they do shots and stuff like that hasn't been changed by the animation in, uh, industry from Japan and they they really have to look at that as like the example Akira in mm. general I think just like visually mm. um was such a huge leap forward that it kind of, it was the the bump start i think that disney and the west in like the early 90s were like mm. when they got into that big kickoff phase with like the lion king and stuff like that the lad in mm. year after year like you can look back to a couple of years before they got that when akira came out and like animators were starting to get hold of it like back then you could only really get it in the early 90s or the no the late 80s sorry like through like business contacts through your studios and everything and they'd all watch that and like the word around was like we've got to start changing what we do because like this level of of detail and the way these shots are done with like hand-drawn animation is like yeah, Japan they're using completely different yeah, 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 on how they did you know things oh, back yeah. then um it was all uh written and um voice acted and stuff obviously in japanese and all played out before actual animation started so okay. if you if you look at akira and you look at the uh, mouth movements in japanese it's almost um perfect in every way because they actually animated it after they done the voice acting so when they were doing the artwork they were listening to the people's voice acting and drawing frame by frame, frame. Yeah. and obviously they had a whole concept of how the story played out because someone explained it to them and they actually done the action and artwork in accordance to everything they heard and, and listened to so that's what makes it also quite a big um, turn in animation especially for obviously Japanese stuff it was one of those kind of groundbreaking moves where they kind of went that step forward to show that you know you can do more than just art and then voice over you can actually integrate everything together to make what Akira is now I mean like I said nine times out of ten you speak to anyone they'll know what Akira is it's like they'll know what Studio Ghibli is you know for example you wouldn't have yeah, to studios the get studios studio ghibli is the disney to to, to japan that's yeah. what he's made himself into and that's what and that's what you run to yeah so if you I think was, of studio I ghibli i don't know i mean studio ghibli's been around for a long time around 80s and, mm. and stuff like that um but to me i think what studio ghibli did in obviously relations to you know effectiveness is it made anime cinema watchable Yes, hundred percent. Spirited Away it told was relatable like, stories. Yeah, Spirit of Way was literally one of the first like that I can remember where it was. It was. It was. It, it was. got huge, huge. Yeah, props it did. And I remember, there. I remember the time when, because um, I was working in the cinema when Spirit Away came out, mm. and I remember it said presented by Walt's Disney, a Studio Ghibli production, mm. and I didn't understand yeah. what it meant, and I realized Disney had brought Spirit Away over to the West. Do you know Spirit Away? Apparently it was made like 10 years before 
it yeah, had even come here. Do you know yeah. that? Yeah. It's been around for a long time. Yeah, people had already watched it and it was the people in the West, we hadn't heard about this film. And I remember watching it and I remember, and it sounds really bad, I remember Quentin Tarantino was mm. in the, he was at, well, before you saw the film in the cinema, he, apparently he was one of the ambassadors that worked with Disney to bring this film over. And he spoke about the film before you watched it. Mm. I, will ne- I will never forget that. Cause I was like, why is Quentin Tarantino, the guy from Kill Bill, talking about Spirited Away? Mm. And I realized he, because, because he, at the time, he was filming, as you know now, he was filming Kill Bill at the time. He said it took him years to write. And now you know why. He had seen this film. He's like, hang on a second, what the hell is going on? This film needs to be in England. Or sorry, it needs to be in the West. And mm. the influence for Spirit Away now, we've had Spirit Away. And then right after that, I believe Howl's Moving Castle came out in the cinema as well. Yeah. And that was it. Like, Shuri Ghibli was everywhere after that. Yeah, Howl's Moving Castle. And then they done a kind of backtrack and they did Princess Mononoke, which yeah, was one of yeah. my favourite um, like yeah. later on, Princess yeah. is amazing. Yeah, like I said, Princess Nanasa is always going to be my favorite because of the memories of it for me. Um, well, I can honestly tell you that my daughter it was funny. I was trying to make her watch one Studio Ghibli movie a day, and what she started to do was when I would come home from work or something, she would put it on straight away and she would watch one. I think she's seen, I think she's seen like what, I think she's seen like ten of them already now. I think because I think they've only got 10 on Netflix, but she's loving them. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm starting them off slow. I'm not making her watch like none of the demon ones because Studio no, Ghibli no. animes are quite dark. If you if if you look at yeah. it from uh, um, an adult point of view, <laughs> it's yeah, depressing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They don't ever want to watch that film again. And uh, yeah, you know, they speak about creatures of death and, you know, annihilation and demise and segregation. And uh, you know, under, not understanding each other's cultures, they 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 do a lot of subjects that relates to an older audience, and that's what's made it so huge. Because after that, obviously, I think that's when that was kind of like the right. Everyone can watch anime now. Everyone knows what Spirit Away is. I mean, yeah. it won awards and whatever, but that was the point. Pokemon was kind of like the start when it came to like a younger audience, but Studio Ghibli's Spirit Away was the point where adults began to realize that. Wasn't Spirit Away the first um, Japanese anime film to win an Oscar? Yeah, I think I so. believe so. I believe yeah. so. Or, or, was, or was it Howl's Moving Castle? I don't know. I know someone won. I know, I know it was one of them. It was, it was even nominated or it won. Like, yeah. So. I know it was one of the two, but I remember. But I remember when Howl's Moving Castle came, and they had an opening in. Um, they had an opening in um, Oxford Circus, and then we had Ooh. the night showing in the cinema that I worked in. And I mean, the queue was out yeah. as well. It's, it's, the night showing of it at twelve o'clock, yeah. and then they had another showing at two o'clock in the morning. They finished to like four thirty, and Ooh. people were outside trying to get tickets for this film. And I was thinking. It's an anime. Like I can, I can show you animes right now in my house that are probably better than this shit. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie because Studio Ghibli's Hard Movie Castle is brilliant. But oh yeah, it's good. I, just I didn't mean, understand. The you know? Even the voice actors that were in it were—they yeah. were like nobodies. Christian Bale was in House Moving Castle. Yeah. Russell yeah. Crowe was also. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, a small thing. This was using big actors as well. Yeah. So and even if you listen like, to um, what's that? What's the other film? Sorry to cut you. Have you listened to what? Uh, no, what's no. his other film? Done? Ponyo, Liam Nielsen. Yeah was in that yeah, and I was like what yeah, is going on yeah it's mm. crazy the cast they've got so you know what I mean it was it was the big push and I think that's what began the craze of just like modern times internet is here country that's world cool. now you know Funimation yeah. you know there's loads of ones in America I can't remember more Hulu and wherever whatever um Hollow Dive and so rubbish but it's no, but you now you picked up a good you picked up a good point though because now um, I'm going to open the door to voice acting as well now voice acting in anime. Ooh. Have you guys seen the difference um, between some of the voice actors that you would have never thought that would have even directed and uh, even thought to be in an animation or, or or even in a cartoon now that they're actually doing these movies and sometimes when you hear the voice you're like I know that voice. What do you think about Ooh. that, Dan? Yeah, well, I mean. In terms of voice acting for like for anime and everything, like the the quality of the dubs is getting better, I think, just because obviously there's more of an emphasis on having 
more seasoned like performers who can kind of get into the character and understand it and there's a much bigger audience like you say now um but um from my experience personally like some of the best specialists um in terms of voice actors uh, in especially in terms of like a good dub tend to be the people who've been around the block quite a few times and they're familiar yeah. names you know steve Plum, um, yeah Wilson. exactly uh, yeah. and guys like uh, sean, sean shemmel and um fucking oh god what's his what's his name uh the guy who does vegeta and piccolo and kuwabara oh yeah i forgot I know who right. you know. I think you're talking about. Yeah, I know yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah. Even yeah, the, yeah, the, like... the guy from Power Rangers. I don't know if you remember. Um, I think his name is Jai. Something. Chris Sabat, That's it. Oh sorry. yeah. Sorry, I don't know if his name is Jai. Something. I don't remember. But he was a Power Ranger in the original Power Rangers movie. Yeah. And he became a really popular voice actor. I can't remember his name off by heart. Yeah, but, no, I don't yeah. know who if you I, mean. Yeah. Sure you would know who I was talking about. Like. Yeah, there's this. Yeah, what color ranger was he? What color ranger was he? He was the black. He was the, the black, black ranger. ranger in the film. Oh, oh, you mean that? Yeah, the frog. Yeah, no, the frog in the movie. He becomes the frog. Yeah, that's Zach, isn't it? No, no, no. Zach, Zach don't make it after the series, my friend. Oh, 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 you mean the Asian guy? Like, like yeah. the Asian boy? Yes, he became. He's oh, really? a very, he very popular really? voice. 100%. If you oh, look wow, up. I didn't know that. You'll be amazed there's, at how much. There's guys like Liam O'Brien as well, who's just yeah, in definitely. fucking everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, he he's done absolutely everything. He's amazing. Like he's Gil in um, Street Fighter as well. Yeah. Like, it's just like such an iconic voice. Mm. But can you imagine though that these these little things that we didn't think about, like you used to think that the actors were the main stars, and now you'll find that the writers and even the voice actors are getting more prompts than the actors now, and then you'll find that even actors now want to do voice acting because they're saying to themselves, oh, like my kids are growing up. And when they're, like, they say, for instance, like, um, you know, the guy that played Kratos, the new guy that was from yeah. um, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've uh, watched... um, Chris whatever his name is, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, like, I think I've ahead. watched, I think I've watched that God of War scene when him and the boy are on the boat and they're showing it like they're, like they're actually sh- like showing them play the game. I love watching Ooh. that scene for him to just say, boy, I'm a God and whatever. Mm-hmm. And even the things from, uh, what are they called? Um, the Last of Us 2. I think I've watched mm-hmm. that whole game with them acting it out and I loved all of it. I couldn't believe how, how well these guys can act. And it's put into a game, and you're thinking yourself like, "Wow, this is so." Yeah, motion capture weird. has come a long way. Yeah. Um, no, but definitely, but it's motion definitely... capture has 100 yeah. because it's you find now that obviously earlier on, you know, graphics what it was, you, they weren't able to do that as much, um, so it was very hard to do it. But nowadays, obviously, motion capture is a huge thing when it comes to just just games in general now usually to get that realism but now what you find is a lot of the actual voice actors are actually doing the motion capture reactions yeah uh, yeah yeah they're 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 means it's like it's you're using every part of your repertoire to like mm-hmm. as an actor to play that part it's there's not mm-hmm. like a division now where it's like i'm only a voice actor or i'm only a dramatic actors like you have to be both now really you have to be both, you have to be both yeah right. you have to be like i watched the uh, resident yeah. recently i watched the resident wait yeah. wait, wait 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 one second one second let me ask you a question before you say that question mm-hmm. um i watched something the other day it was resident evil 8 like you said and it was mm-hmm. we can talk two subjects here because you're, you're going into what i'm going to talk about resident evil 8 and love death and robots were used by the same the kind of same people. I think they used two studios. Or it was Capcom, mm-hmm. and they used the guy that. Uh, have you guys seen Love, Death, and Robots? Any of the episodes? Yes, I, okay. uh, I have. I watched the whole first run of it. Anyway, so. have you seen oh, yeah, the second one? No, I, ha- second? I haven't yet. Uh, Dan, you need to watch the second one, mate. It is. I will be. It's, it's not as long as the original. It's it's no, kind of yeah. because they're but releasing it next year. Dan, let me tell you now. There is a. Uh, an episode called an episode called Snow in the Desert. You've seen that one, James? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, Dan, motion caption to its finest. I yeah. am. I watched it, and I made my wishes watch it yesterday. I said to her, "Babe, watch this, please." And she goes to me, "Is this real?" She couldn't tell the difference until yeah. she saw the aliens that it wasn't real or not. And yeah. I was like, 
that that's how good do you believe that they should i know motion capture is expensive but mm. animes i think some animes now because of love death and robots need to go motion capture if the studio can back them with enough money and they can have enough time recently the the um, i don't know if you know about lupin the third um he brought out a yeah. film very recently um about a year ago or so that that uses uh, motion capture and like uses the latest kind of 3d graphics if you check out the trailer at some point you'll be amazed on how actually beautiful it looks it it has that very similar um kind of realism based in anime like the way the hands move and the, the finger detail it's amazing like that like when you're talking about you know using it in japanese they, they are using it it's just yeah they are i wouldn't say traditional but they are more because it's stylized of, really yeah, isn't it how yeah. much they have to release and obviously the audience that they have now it's more easier just to put it through the kind of artwork form because it's so easy to you know get back out there it's it's not as easy to do all this 3d and motion capture that takes months that takes years i mean look what happened to redline the yeah. animated movie that was all hand drawn and that took so years cool. to come out yeah. but it flopped it flopped terribly but it's one of the most amazing films ever but it flopped yeah. because what's of, it called redline um, redline red it, it's yeah. it's fucking incredible it's so Wait, it's visually it? an animation amazing yeah films. it's it's one of the most newest fully hand-drawn like like the old school 90s there's no cgi in it it's all hand-drawn yeah it's, it flopped because it just took so long it took about five or six years to yeah, come the out hype just you can't do went. that yeah you can't do problem. that yeah. and that's what happened with the japanese right now when it comes to cgi i mean the chinese use it quite a lot they use it a lot for their kind of animated series and stuff like that there's quite there's some on netflix and i haven't watched them myself but i've seen them on the 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 lists and stuff but yeah they, they i know the chinese are using it quite well because they are actually going into gaming right now you know releasing oh, the monkey you can see that they've they've got motion capture there. They're not no fools, but I think Japanese still have a bit to catch up on. Yeah. But I think a traditional. Yeah, but they're they honor though. They're honor and tradition. They they live by the way of the samurai, so <laughs> they they're gonna do that. They're gonna keep their tradition. They don't. Remember, they've already been. Remember, they've already I, been screwed over once, mate. So <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to think right based on what I've been seeing and what I've been watching in terms of like animation all over the world and just the animation industry in general and you know speaking to people who've worked in it who are friends like i tend to found that like the way japan uses it is they they already know what they're good at right mm -hmm. and so their idea is like taking the parts that help them speed up their workflow and make it easier to create more content faster to a higher standard mm -hmm. rather than you know taking everything about the technology and then revamping the way they do everything again they take the pieces of it that help them for example like we were talking about like the, the unique way that akira was animated back in the mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. because of the physical constraints of there being no real computing power to keep up you know in terms of the speed of the animation so the animation was done you know as it was being acted out and voiced and captured so they could get it frame perfect right now you can do all of that on a sound stage with your actors ready to go acting out the scene and then it digitally animates the characters yeah. in 3d or 2d for you and then you can just go in and do all of the line work yeah. and the drawing completely separately. So, like, that, I think, is what you see a lot of now more in terms of how animes in Japan are produced. It's that part to speed up the animation process so they can just get into drawing the fine detail. And they've already got the performances and everything there ready. Yeah. But that's only with, like, a lot of the, the newer animes. Like, I think... Um, Ghost in the Shell, Sack 2045 or whatever it is, the one yeah. that uh, Ilya, Ilya Kushvinov did the uh, art for. 
that was made that way um mm -hmm. where you know it was all hand drawn but it's animated after they get like the the character movement data and everything and he can draw the models on by hand afterwards so yeah, I, I definitely it's really clever like yeah. the, there's definitely the, there are ways that japan is using it but they're still you know they're still extremely proud of like the the traditional techniques pen. that they create yeah, the traditional yeah. pen. Yeah. i don't know they because... still want to that, and they I should, definitely agree with that. I feel like the yeah. pen is their, their source of work, but it's, I think, like you were talking about how, like, developing animation and having it mimic the person, it's, yeah. I think that now itself is personally becoming more viable. Um, I know it sounds silly, it's but especially on now YouTube, as well than it was. Like, on YouTube, for example, now, there's these things called VTubers now. They oh, yeah. are taking the world by <laughs> storm, and they are obviously anime characters being, you know, animated by the person who's actually doing the the uh, stream and stuff like that. And it's becoming just norm now. People are actually tuning in to watch an anime character playing games. Like it's just what? become yeah. mainstream. Like, the, like honestly, what it is, right? Is they use a lot of them use this software called Face Rig, right? Mm -hmm. which is essentially it's uh, a 3d mapping animation software that you can download through steam or whatever i think it's about 35 quid mm -hmm. and if you've got like if you've got a camera and stuff like that um you can basically and you know like eye trackers or stuff like that which you can buy and just plug into a computer like you can essentially use it to create a 3d animated avatar for you that like appears you know and moves and animates the same way that like the top of your body from like your shoulders or whatever up would move because it's following yeah, but is it you yeah, but is it you or is it you see an anime avatar but it's animating what you're actually doing yeah with a skin on top of whatever you want basically at the moment the most popular one is a, a girl called uh, Guru Gara, or I can't pronounce her name properly, but she's like this shark girl, like <laughs> actual anime character, and the girl yeah. actually mimics what they do. Obviously, it's all in secret. All the girls who play, or even guys, some guys do it as well, that play the characters, they try to keep themselves under wraps, so you don't actually know who the people are. They go by the avatar on YouTube, like that's their character. Yeah, it's it's a way to have some sort of anonymity, I think, which yeah, I completely know. understand, to be honest. What is this called? What are they called? VTubers. VTubers. I'm gonna watch this tonight to see what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, some of it's disturbing. Some of it's just yeah. plain. Don't get me wrong, guys. Let me look, 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 guys. Look, look, guys. Before I wrap up part one, because I want to jump back onto this for you straight away, I would love to have my own avatar like made for me or whatever. But I'm not sitting in front of YouTube <laughs> playing a computer game as an avatar, like acting stupid. I can't. I won't be able to do it. You know what I mean? That's the thing. They don't because it's from shoulder up. All it literally is is you know like when people do um videos in there like of the actual person playing the game like uh, maximilian for example yeah. you know yeah. when he plays games and you've got his picture in the, his box in the corner it's yeah. literally just that with an anime character there instead people just see yeah. as this person it, wow you don't have to yeah any different or anything at all like obviously the they play up because obviously they're characters but they don't do stupid things or anything they just play games and have fun but they play yeah, as a lot of it what a lot of what makes it entertaining is mainly just the fact that you're seeing like this animated 3d character like reacting to perfectly normal stuff the way any other like streamer would when they're playing a video game but it just looks completely different because it's an anime character doing it instead of a real person so it kind of fucks with you a bit at first but yeah, it's there's, there's definitely like <laughs> I think it has a very specific audience, and like wow. I personally am not one of them, but I can. Hmm. I, I think definitely. it's cool that people have that option. You know, I'm I'm definitely gonna try watch it today. Um, you guys, do you mind if I quickly end it here? And we do you mind coming back for part two? Ah, uh, no worries. 
I'm always yeah. happy to come back for yeah. part two. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm just going to... The reason I want to end it here because it... Yeah, the reason I want to end it because it's... Because it's... Huh? Pardon? Hello? I said I'm playing Starlet Nexus in the background, so yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Glad to know yeah, we had fine. so much of your so, attention. Yeah. Exactly. So people, um, this will be um, part one of Unlucky Retro and Dan the Sofa Soldiers, part one of Anime um, Rundown. Um, we will just jump back. Literally, all you have to do is probably wait a day and part two will come out the next probably uh, after a couple of days. So guys, I'll see you in a jiffy. Yeah? Yeah, man. No worries, bro. Cool.